eBay and online scams. And how not to be a victim. Absolutely. Hello, fellow pickers. My name's Mike. And with me today, if you remember this guy, is Carl. How you doing, Carl? Doing great, man. How you doing? It's good to be back on the show. Oh, man. I love it. I got so excited when you were told, told me that you were going to do an episode with me. The listeners have been asking for you. Where are you at? What's going on? I Jen's don't believe been that asking one second, for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so how's everything going? Got any updates for us? How's life? Um, yeah, what kind of updates are you looking for? Just g- general updates or... Tell us some big scores. What have you been big scoring on? Yeah, I've just been yeah, kind of cycling through things. And you and I had this conversation a little while back where I don't know if it's just this year or if I just wasn't paying attention to previous years. I know that t- typically like fourth quarter, you tend to, you know, things start to move a little bit faster. People are buying gifts and whatever. Right. But this year in particular, things were moving like super fast for me, like lightning fast. Mm-hmm. And so I try to take advantage by listing more. It was kind of an effort because just of my current life structure, but I try to get as much out the door as possible. And I think it was, I think it was good. How about you? Yeah. Fourth quarter has been jamming for us too. We had maybe two days that were slow and that was it. And it sounded like it was slow for everybody, but okay, it's pretty nice. Uh, so have you sold through all of your inventory that you uh, sourced over the, over the summer? Yeah. I'm usually, I would say typical years is I'm almost all the way through by now, if not all the way through. And then there's like a few leftover things mm-hmm. like in January, but no, this year, even with, with like upping my listings, I I'm actually I guess I did better than I thought last summer. Maybe it was this podcast okay. that inspired me. I was just like, you know, pulling deals left and right. But no, I've yeah, I've still got quite a bit to go through. I'd say I've still got a, few, a couple months worth at least, which is awesome. So good. I'm gonna keep going, man. Doing something right. Yeah, love it. How about you? You get you still right. got a lot of Tupperware though, right? Or, or are we doing that later? Is that a Tupperware update? Yeah, that's a Tupperware update. And I get your opinion on that. Let's get your opinion on that later on in the show okay. and go for the Tupperware update, but Tupperware is doing great. Good. So I'm going to ambush you a little bit. And okay. so I was reached out to you on our Instagram page by a casting agent. Yes. And I sent his information over to you because he was looking for the casting agent was casting for a picker show. Right. They were looking for somebody with five years experience. You know, I've got a year. I'm not quite up there yet. So I sent it over to Carl. And I don't know if you all know this or not, but Carl's got a super famous other podcast. Not that famous. Calm down. It's got like a, (laughs) come on, you have like a million downloads. But as a good friend that I am, a backpacker, I was listening to the podcast and you talked about this casting agent on two of your episodes. Yeah. But Carl, you never mentioned Picker's podcast on your backpack while you're telling those stories. Oh. How could you not talk about us? Uh, Picker's podcast? I'm waiting to have you on yes. to do that, to be honest. that was, It would have been the perfect insert right there, man. Oh, oh. Mike. He sent I wasn't even thinking of that. I, w- I was thinking totally different angle, to be honest. I wasn't even, yeah, you're right. I probably should have mentioned that. I was thinking more like my other buddy, the co-host for the backpacking podcast, my buddy Derek, he's, He's an actor, and so I was more looking for, you know, I think this is more of like a goofy thing. I don't think of this as like being a serious endeavor or like a real, a serious opportunity. I don't think mm-hmm. that they're really going to like look at me or consider me as an option for the show. And I don't even know that they really have the show. Well, yeah, I don't know that they have it all figured out yet. So I think they're still working on it. But um, I could be wrong. Like, who knows? But I just thought it'd be funny to get his perspective because he's more of the performer than me mm-hmm. and so I, th- I thought i could get his advice on things i wasn't thinking about th- the concept of picking or anything along those lines so 
Sorry, man. I don't care about picking. I just promote our podcast on your big podcast. That's what I want. No, (laughs) we can. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Derek, Derek definitely is a big personality. I could see where you're going with that. Why don't you make a promo? You make a promo of the podcast. Give me like, um, like a 30 to 45 second promo and I'll put it on the other podcast. (laughs) <laughs> sounds good I'll all get right that worked out for you okay so for our listeners it was kind of a teaser right there but yes we're reached out by a casting agent they're casting for a pickers show they're going to i don't know how many details you can give about it or how many details we can give about it but it was interesting to be reached out to the guy actually said he went through and looked at a few of our videos so that Carl would be a good candidate for it that I have a face for radio, so I couldn't be a candidate. I but- have a face for radio too. So that's why I was like, <laughs> they're not taking me seriously. <laughs> but you actually got an interview, right? Did yeah. you go to that interview? I get, yeah. I mean, they they called it an audition, which it basically audition. just was an interview okay. online. It wasn't like I was going in. They didn't get to see, you know, like how big my muscles are and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> but I also heard that they reached out to other folks that we are pseudo connected with. Yeah. So like Rachel Strickland, for example, who is a former beauty pageant person. Like, how do you compete with that person? Right? How yeah, do you? She's a big personality. Too. And she's a big personality. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, like just I'm, we're not <laughs> either you or me are not as pleasing to the eye on on camera um, as anybody who would, you know, be yeah doing that kind of stuff. And like a YouTuber specifically who's succeeding. So you never know, man, if it's meant to be like, my take is like, if it's meant to be, if there's some sort of like grander purpose in this, um, awesome. I will, I will lean into that and use that platform to, you know, to spread the word, spread the truth. If it's not meant to be, then, you know, like I know that I'm, I was probably wasn't taken seriously in the first place. <laughs> so that's where you I'm were at. taken seriously. Obviously, if you got a, a, an audition, you were taking seriously. But that was really cool, man. We're really excited to see somebody reach out to us. you know. And like you said, there is a lot of other big personalities that I'm pretty sure that he's reaching out to, too. For sure. Okay, that's all that I wanted to do to ambush you on. I'd love to hear that story. So uh, a couple sales updates. Or no, this is what I got to get into. I've been holding this thing for you for a while. And okay. it is a negative review, a three-star review on the oh, podcast. Oh, okay. You know it is right now. You're, you want to... You gotta start the episode with negativity. Yeah, it's a negative review, but it's truthful. And okay. we're all about truthful here on the Pickers Podcast. All right. All right. The review the review is from Roaring Run. And it's never take seriously the advice of inexperienced resellers. Now, mm. disclaimer, I've never claimed to be an experienced reseller, right? <laughs> no, I'm brand new. Okay. Another podcast from folks who lack experience, inventory, and valuable advice for anyone who wants to create or expand an eBay business. Yeah. If you're right. still selling, if you're still selling things you find sitting around your house, you really shouldn't be giving any advice. If you think $37 is a major online flip, you should keep building towards creating a business, quote unquote. Okay. How do you feel about that? And so we shouldn't have a podcast like that guy is trying to single handedly convince us to not proclaim anything out on the podcast airwaves so that we don't what that we don't mislead people that we don't share stories like what what does he want us to stop doing I guess yeah I guess we just I just don't we just don't have enough experience to share any valuable advice I guess so, so, maybe so, I need so the damage that we're doing is we're potentially wasting somebody 
who's experienced like wasting their time. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Right. If you're, if you're looking for an experienced uh, podcast, man, I am not the place. Yeah, we, we, we've coming. been pretty upfront about that. I, so I think that, yeah, mm -hmm. I think his, his comment, appreciate you taking the time for the feedback, but I don't know that that really is relevant right. to our show. And then, I mean, it'd be mm -hmm. like saying like, Hey, the American pickers, like they're, you know, they didn't teach me anything mm -hmm. because it's just a scripted show. You know, which it kind of is. It's just a scripted show. They're kind of they're finding people ahead of time. They're finding these picks, and then they're dealing with people, and they're they're dealing with characters. Well, that's not what the show's about. Like, yep. they're not there. It's not like an instructional based show. It's not like a YouTube channel like with a how to mm -hmm. attached to it, right? So it just depends. Exactly. Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for. If you're listening right now, you're probably looking for Mike to unleash some knowledge in hopefully an entertaining sort of way. Exactly. It needs to give some uh, some MBA breakdowns. Some uh business advice like uh some i don't know kpis do you want to hear about kpis and just give it some spreadsheets start showing spreadsheets and stuff like that would that help people out that'd be more like yeah a mm -hmm. how-to youtube channel for sure okay definitely yeah. but we I welcome like all i mean I, I like the feedback though for sure mm -hmm. and no matter what you do no matter how i mean you could be the number one reseller in the world you could be you know mm -hmm. a billionaire reseller and the best teacher in the world so you're literally going through it and you're giving people nuggets of um you know just clues on how to get better at this or that no matter where they are in their process you would still get somebody who is criticizing you man like that's just how it is like people just like to criticize they'd like to if they find that they know more or better than somebody else like it makes them feel better i don't know if that's the case with this particular person but it just, it just happens it's unfortunate but it happens Yep, I do. I and I and I, you know, I've sat on this review for a while and I stewed on it. You know, I heard people talking about don't read the comments, don't, you know, the one negative comment is gonna ruin the 15 positive comments that you get on something. Right. But I stewed on his thing that said $37 is a major flip online. I stewed on that for a really long time. I was like, who out there is making 37 bucks on their flips? That on every flip, that would just be amazing. I but I, I think I might have read it wrong. He said major flip online. Right. And I I have good flips at 37. I wouldn't call them major. No, no, no. You know, that's that sweater at $110 profit was pretty major. I would call that a major flip for me. Yeah, and, and major is different for everybody, right? So for you, a hundred bucks is major. Maybe in five years, five hundred bucks is major. Maybe in ten years, two thousand, you know, it's like it's yeah. just relative. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm sorry that that that, that burst your bubble a little bit, but you got to move on, man. There's enough other folks out there who like you for whatever reason, <laughs> and keep on coming back. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate the support. <laughs> um, uh, all right. You got to move past that. Yeah. With the reviews, you can't delete them, but you can move past them. So past it i thought we we're talking about scams though like where where's this episode going you you got all sorts of agendas here but are we talking about scams all right we're gonna give you six ebay or reselling scams that we found that are going on right now so carl you got your three ready i'm ready man number one you want to go with number one uh you're the guest of honor let okay me let you I'll, I'll do one ebay scams and then we're talking about how to avoid the scams too right yeah correct okay so this one I think happens more often than people realize it. I think people that probably do a lot of selling have figured out this is happening, but this is where you sell something that is good condition, it's working fine, whatever, and then you send it to the person 
and then they get it and they report that it's not working fine. It's not in good condition. And it's a similar, it's, you know, like it just looks similar enough to what you thought it looked like. Maybe you're selling a lot of stuff. You don't have everything exactly memorized. Maybe you didn't take quite all the pictures you needed to, to kind of prove that the item they're complaining about is the same item that you sent. And so that when they return it, either it's an item that they, it's not, not, it's too heavy. It's not worth you paying the return shipping. So they end up keeping it or they return to you a swapped out item that is in bad condition that isn't working and you get the bad item back, they get to basically swap out their bad item for a good item that you sent them. So fraud is what I'm talking about here. Item switching. That was a, that was a good one. That was one of my top ones too. Okay. Uh, what do you got for advice on switching those out? Cause that's a, it's a huge problem right now. It's, it's a lot in a lot of the forums on Facebook and on Reddit and stuff like that. People yeah. switching out items. Oh, is that, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So I think the big solution, and there's a couple of things, taking enough pictures is definitely part of it. So if somebody gets something, you're like, oh, well, mine didn't have that mark on it or whatever. That's an easy, that's probably like level one. If it's something that has some sort of serial number on it, that's the, you know, that's like surefire. Like, okay, you're sending me something back yeah. that doesn't have the right serial number. And if you mm -hmm. want to catch somebody, then you can just take a picture of the serial number, but not actually post it. So that way, when they send you the wrong one back, you can prove that you know that they're scamming and maybe turn them into eBay that way I don't know I don't know how I've never actually gotten that far with it I don't think I'm, I'm not selling enough items it doesn't happen enough to where this is a problem but if you're trying to catch somebody and get them off eBay that's a possible solution that's my idea what's your idea yeah I know the 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 serial number thing is a great idea so either taking a picture of it or putting it in the description or mm -hmm. in one of the line items so if a scammer is trying to get it out there for you they might not look at the full description then you have some kind of uh, log from ebay in your ebay store that shows right. that that serial number was on there that's safer to do that a couple way, of the sure. other yeah a couple of other things that people were talking about is putting a little mark like you're talking about an inconspicuous mark somewhere that's not noticeable mm -hmm. and then one of, one of the most ingenious ones that i heard recently was uh taking an inv invisible pin and putting a mark on the product in an invisible pin really yeah, then when it comes back, you can see if it's actually your product or not. Wow. I like that one. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My, but then how do you how do you well, go back to eBay? Like, hey, eBay, FYI, I used an invisible pen, <laughs> and this one doesn't have the point. mark. That's a good point. What The one that I – I mean, that's kind of over the top. But the one that I'm going to do or the one that I – well that i am doing is uh, like in battery compartments or under tags or in between tags or something like that putting a really small mark in okay with, without ruining the product obviously but putting an inconspicuous mark somewhere that i know where it's at gotcha all right i like that but, i kind of like the invisible pen just to kind of just to kind of catch somebody though yeah, yeah i'm scared to get one of those i don't want to be scammed man i was even i even had anxiety coming up with these three these three lists when I was oh, reading now, now you're more like hypersensitive just getting scammed yeah but we have to be educated as resellers and the more the profits that we're looking into you're you have to be educated about these scams or you're going to get scammed and you know I worry about my mom a lot you know she's getting older and some of these AI generated voices are incredibly real mm -hmm. so just scamming in general I'm hypersensitive to it well, we'll talk about who is most susceptible to getting scammed. I have that actually in our trivia, so we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, yep. I love it. 
All right. So that's mine. What's what's your first one? My number one would be fake payment notifications. So scammers send fabricated receipts or notifications showing that they paid, but Mm -hmm. your eBay is saying that it hasn't paid yet. And they're saying that one is wrong. So my advice. Yeah. Do you ever come across anything like that? You've seen something like that? They're claiming that they paid, showing your receipt. I haven't had somebody reach out claiming they paid. I, I thought you were saying more like you would get that eBay email notifying like, you know, paid, ship now, such and such sold. Yeah, it could be. Definitely. Any kind of that. Their scammers are really clever these days. Okay. So getting the email with a, with an invalid click. So you click on the eBay link and mm-hmm. then they got your login info. You know, they hacked all your stuff or Per, or it uh, downloads a Trojan horse onto your computer, all that kind of bad stuff. Yeah, I don't ever click on that stuff for sure. And anytime I, I go to the, if something sells, I don't click on the email. I go to eBay on my internet browser and then I go there. I mean, that's just like, that's like scamming 101 right there, right? Where mm-hmm. you get an email suggesting something's happening, you go independently to the browser, logging in, not clicking on the email itself, right? Yep, 100%. I mean, whether it's a credit card, whether it's whatever. So, but they, you'd be surprised at how many people actually click on that stuff. Cause they've had to put these notices out say, telling people not to click on stuff. Don't put your login info into these things. Right. Okay. And the scammers are doing it because it's working. They're obviously getting money out of it somehow, or they want right. to keep doing it and keep wasting their time. But yeah, make sure that it's an established platform, uh, for payment processing, processing when you get those receipts. And always, like Carl said, great advice, Carl, is to go to eBay itself and not click on the eBay, on the email that they're claiming has paid. Right. And not always, if, if they're claiming that eBay's that they paid and eBay's saying they haven't paid, I'm going to trust eBay. And, yeah. and if worse comes to worse, I'm going to call eBay to verify. Versus a stranger that you never know, have never met or heard from before. Yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly. <laughs> That's sounds right. like wisdom right there. <laughs> Yeah, and they, some of these might be kind of uh, no-brainers, but like I said, man, obviously they they're somebody's been clicking on them, or eBay wouldn't keep warning us about this stuff. Yeah. So whoever it, what's the guy's name that left us that negative feedback? What's the, it's like Roar, Roaring Run. Roaring Run. So hey, hey, buddy, you're still listening for this? Stop clicking on those scammer emails. Get to go directly to eBay. There you go. Pro tip right there. <laughs> Pro tip. That's an advanced reseller tip right there. Yep. And right. while you're now at I'm it, I'm going to get a negative. As you're traveling from run one room to another and you're going and you're selling on eBay, go like look in your closet, see if there's anything you could resell. Maybe you'll find something. <laughs> That's kind of crazy because I just pulled out. I was I was going and getting my uh, snorkeling gear out of the, the gear addict uh-huh. and I found all kinds of stuff that I forgot that I had. Yeah. See? I just keep finding more stuff. Yeah, there's always things you can find around the house for sure. So, yeah. or I ask yeah. my kids, like, "Are you still using that?" Because that's valuable. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So my next one is this has not happened to me, but I've heard this happening to multiple people, where it sounds like either they're they're dissatisfied with the item once you sent it, or they're like fake dissatisfied and they want something more, whether it's like some sort of a discount an additional item to be sent with it or something. They want something and they're going to try to hold you hostage with negative feedback if their demands aren't met. So mm-hmm. you, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, blackmailing you for like, we're going to give you negative feedback. And this is a bigger deal, I think, especially, you know, if you don't have like thousands and thousands of feedback ratings where it's just kind of, you know, 
people kind of expect somebody to be dissatisfied somewhere. But it, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I've heard about that one too. And somebody on another podcast, his advice is he's got a uh, kind of a standard template and it's like, oh, I'm sorry you're dissatisfied with this product. You know, I'll go ahead and send it back for a full refund. I use it as training purposes for my employees to get mm. them to work better, or be better. Oh, okay. Yes. I think the key is if, if you can get them to, to like actually say, if you don't give me such and such, I'll give you negative feedback. Um, I think you report that to EB. I think EB will take care of it. I like that too. So that goes into our last week's episode or last two weeks ago episode was, uh, how do you handle trolls, social mm-hmm. media trolls? So on eBay trolls, when they're trying to blackmail you, you kill them with emojis. You're supposed to talk to them with emojis. That's how you get them mad at you. Wait, so you kill them by getting them more mad at you. That's what you're saying. Yes. And then they get frustrated and they, they finally unleash, Hey, look, I don't, I, you know, I want, I'm going to give you negative feedback if you don't give me something for this. And then you've got the oh, I see. that you're looking for. <laughs> I don't know if I right? can talk in just emojis. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. How Our, did, you, did you, did you give us your answer? How would you deal with it? The, I reported to eBay. Just report yeah. to eBay straight eBay. away. Try, try to get them to, you know, specifically say what they're demanding. And that way you can prove to, to eBay that, that they are not very nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mine. I did. I mean, the, the closest thing I had, nobody, he wasn't like threatening negative feedback though. He did eventually give me negative feedback was he said something wasn't working that I literally, it wasn't even something that I just like was flipping. It was something that I physically used. It was a, a video camera that I used frequently. And so I was constantly testing it out. So I knew exactly what worked, what didn't work. And so I was very specific in the, in the description. And he's like, ah, these batteries, they're all dead. I was like, I just, I just use them. And he wanted mm-hmm. me to buy new batteries, which are, you know, for video cameras, very specific and expensive. So yeah, I didn't do it, man. I didn't fall victim to that guy, but I did get negative feedback as a result. I know a videographer that has a bunch of batteries for sale right now. If you want him, <laughs> no, he, doesn't. he threw them away, man, or, or donated him or something. Yeah. That's a That's right. an inside story. Not relevant. Mike stay on target. Stay. <laughs> I know, but it's just fun having you back on. Thanks, man. Um, all right. So that all was right. mine. What, what's your next one? So my next one is this one is scary. So when it's, uh, it's an over the overpayment scam, they offer overpayment. And then once you, then they ask you to refund them with like a gift card or some kind of unusual, different way of getting them some money back to them, like wire transfers or anything like that. And this goes along the line. I don't know if you've ever gotten the emails where you have a long lost prince or an uncle that was a prince and oh, yeah. one he left you like two million dollars but you have he's nigerian it's gotta be transferred over into an american and all this kind of stuff right kind of goes along with that the best thing that i can suggest is if it's too good to be true it's probably too good to be true so mm. watch out for those overpayments what do you think yeah i mean i tried to overpay literally this week for something it, really? Wasn't really, it wasn't really overpay. Like my wife wanted this piece of furniture that was very hard to find. And it was, she had like a very specific criteria and she mm-hmm. reached out to somebody on Facebook and said, I'm interested. And then the person said, well, it wasn't like pending pickup, which is, which means somebody's like, you know, actually coming for it. It was, she was waiting to hear back from the first person that responded to her ad. 
And I was like, mm -hmm. well, she's waiting to hear back. Like that could go on forever. Like that could literally mm -hmm. last forever. So I said, Hey, let's, she, she had it listed for a hundred. I said, Hey, let's offer one, 120 and we'll come pick it up right now. And, mm -hmm. um, my wife like waited a half an hour and then she was willing to do that. And then by then the other person had already like, you know, they, I guess they were hemming and hawing about it, I guess. I don't know, I guess. And then they finally mm -hmm. decided to come pick it up. So it was too late, but our offer was legitimate though. Like we were willing to overpay a little bit because I think it, that item went for like a thousand bucks brand new at whatever store she wanted or that it came from. So 120 is still a great deal for us, right? Yeah, no, that's still, and that's kind of a different situation. It's on, well, I mean. It's, it's not a scam. You're, I'm just saying that, that there, there's scenarios where they might not be scams is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's true. We have dealt with a couple of things that I thought sounded a little scammy at first, but turned out to be totally legit. Yeah. So we, so, I think that getting to the scam side of things though, I haven't seen what you're suggesting ever, except I have seen it on Facebook and I have seen it on Craigslist. So I don't know. I, it comes across as pretty obvious. It's a scam in those places. The, the, I haven't seen this one in a while either, but the most recent scams I've seen there are like, Hey, uh, I want can you email me and verify your email so that I know you're a real person? Like I, so that I know that you, the seller are a real person, which is really like kind of opposite of what you think. But anyway, um, in terms of people offering to overpay or something seeming fishy, I think, I think those are pretty easy to sift out. I, I don't know. Has, has anybody else out there been, have fallen victim to that scam where they thought they were getting overpaid for something? I would. Yeah. And this one, this one's kind of, the caveat is that they overpay you and then ask you for a refund. Yeah. So they're overpaying and asking for a refund. So if anybody's asking to overpay you for excess, but wanting a refund or for the overpayment price, right? We definitely know that that's a scam for going sure. out there. So for sure, don't don't get wrapped into it. All right, all right. What's your next one? Next one is more from the perspective of the buyer and something that where. Like you either are buying something for yourself specifically, or you are buying something to flip. And those items are counterfeit. And maybe you just don't know it because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain things you can tell that are counterfeit. There's, there's certain tells, but I don't know that your average, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know that your average reseller is experienced in determining what's authentic versus counterfeit just by looking at it without doing no. serious investigation i know if i have a few tips and tricks but for the most part i wouldn't i can't tell stuff can you no absolutely not especially on like luggage or handbags or yeah. clothes right no so those are the, so my two examples are from the buying perspective i was trying to find a good deal on a phone for my wife years ago so we bought a samsung phone off of amazon and it wasn't from Samsung itself. It wasn't from like an individual like you or me who were just, you know, selling an item. It was from like, it just mm -hmm. looked like, like a bigger seller. And it was, yeah, like a phone that just basically almost didn't work out the gate. It, it, I think it was a counterfeit phone and they were on Amazon. I think Amazon's gotten better at that, but I don't know hundred percent on that one. And then I did buy, what was it? It was like a, a Gucci handbag, which, um, was, I don't know, like, I thought it was authentic and so I put it on eBay and it got flagged by Gucci or whatever brand it was. And they're like, this is not, this is a knockoff. You cannot sell this item. I was like, okay, really? that's fine. How do you know? <laughs> and they didn't, they couldn't explain to me. And so I was very confused. I was like, how, like, are they just 
try, you know, some companies will actually try to prevent you from reselling their items so that way they can corner the market on it. But they, so I don't really know, but it was just something that happened to me. So I don't know. How do you handle that stuff? Yeah. So eBay's got a great authentication program so you can send the stuff in and they authenticate it for you. Right. But that's, that's as a seller. And this is kind of different. You're talking about being a buyer. I said, you I, gotta, I had a buyer and seller example for this one. You just have to be educated on what your what product you're you're sourcing, what you're going after. You know, if you if you want to be good at handbags, if you want to be good at ties, if you want to be good at suits, you got to know what the tells are for the good quality stuff or not. Like for your example, though, it's kind of funny. Gucci also, I bought some cologne and I sold the box. I listed the box on eBay and eBay marked it as counterfeit. I'm like. It's not counterfeit. I bought it from the store. It's Gucci right. cologne. I, it's like, what are you even talking about? Right. So I didn't even try to fight it. But oh, I would have fought it just to see what would happen, just out of curiosity. Like, hey. Yeah. So you're saying that my bat bag might have been legit too, and I just got scammed by eBay then. Yes, your bag could have been legit, and they just uh, had flagged it, and you just got to push a little harder and send it into the authentication people. It wasn't Mine that was, valuable uh, to go through. Like, like, you know, you think of those being super valuable. It wasn't worth the, mm -hmm. the money to do that. So maybe they're trying to scam you by trying to have you authenticate it. Or maybe there's something going on where there's certain companies that are preventing sales. Uh, oh, who was it? I know that like TurboTax, Inuit, is that mm -hmm. the number? In, in two? I don't know, the, the, the parent company. Anyway, they, they don't yeah. want you selling their products on eBay, like current tax year oh. products. So like it would get flagged and it would get taken down, for example. So you buy, you know, you buy the disc and then you, you get like three licenses to use it, to plug it into three different computers. And so you use one of them, two of them are still good. Right. And so you could sell the other mm -hmm. two, but they, they stop you from doing that. Yeah, there is uh, on eBay. There are certain companies that won't let you sell on eBay. I, and I can't think of who they were. I was trying to Google it real quick. Uh, I think Disney's one of them that you can't sell on eBay. There's a few other ones that you can absolutely can. Well, I'm sure there's a ton eBay. of Disney stuff on eBay though, right? No, I can't remember what it, what it's called. They have a certain name for it, and it goes back to that inexperienced reseller thing, you know. But I here's what, what I don't understand: is how can a how can a company control if you have like not some sort of digital product, but you have a hard good? Unless yeah. there's some sort of like rules or laws around the hard good. How can they control what you do with it once you've taken ownership of it? That's true. I wonder if it's just some brand, I don't know, royalties or I don't know if it's something. Like it, yeah, it? I don't, I mean, I know there's laws around some of that stuff. So for example, like you could make the claim that a Disney movie, if you're going to show that to a, gr a group of people, like a classroom or you're going to have people pay admission in your really cool home theater at home, then they could make the claim that you're you know you didn't license the rights to do that right even though you bought mm -hmm. whatever the stream the dvd whatever it was but i'm talking about like you know let's you buy like a i know you're big into like you know disney princess dresses so you buy one of those <laughs> <laughs> you buy one of those like it's just a hard good and then you sell that to somebody else why would they why would they be able to have control over that i don't get it it's called vero v-e-r-o and okay. it's uh, claims on products that you can't sell on eBay. Okay. Looks like a pretty extensive list. Gotcha. Got it. We can go into that in another episode. Yeah, that That's a great idea. I should take the note on that. Yeah. Illegal but items you can't sell. Stop selling these illegal items. There could be an episode right there. What?
can't yeah what can you sell yeah no but i know uh i've seen a couple i've been talking to a couple other resellers about selling or sending their products in to be authenticated on ebay so they can sell them and then they get that authenticated stamp and then you're good to go and you can sell it as authenticated on ebay interesting okay so it's not that hard all right all right well, my last one yeah what you got yeah one more so how about unrealistic shipping demands do you ever face any unrealistic shipping demands from um, customers i've had some crazy shipping demands really but got anything in particular yeah <laughs> Dude, i'm trying to think i don't know if this i don't know if this hits what you're talking about though so here i'll share my story tell me what your issue is and i'll, I'll kind of share my thoughts all right yeah, and then give you a chance to think of some more. Yeah. So scammers might insist on obscure or expensive shipping methods or request you to handle shipping insurance claims. Talked mm. about this on the last episode. That's a big no-no. Stick to commonly used services and avoid handling unfamiliar insurance processes yourself. Mm. Okay. So if anybody's asking you to go outside of eBay, the answer is no. Right away. I shut it down right away. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah not doing it okay gotcha what's your story i'm just trying to think i have had shipping demands i don't know that they've always asked to go well the one that i have actually did get did ask to go outside of ebay so i don't know what the solution was but basically i put i listed this is like early on this is over 10 years ago but i listed a mm -hmm. stair lift so you know where you have to ride a seat up the stairs if you're getting older oh yeah i'm getting up there i just you're almost the there RP notice. So <laughs> I bought one at an auction, like just kind of a basic one. It only went up like a half set of stairs and I uh -huh. bought it for super cheap. I'm like, this is made out of metal and it's really heavy. It must be expensive. And so I think mm -hmm. I bought it for like 25 bucks and then I sold it for whatever, 125 bucks. And I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. and it didn't, it didn't sit very long. So I was like, Ooh, stair lifts are, are legit. And then within a month they had like a house auction where some guy was just I just a rich guy getting rid of a ton of expensive items in his house and, that, and you could look at pictures ahead of time and they had he had like a nice a nice stair lift if you win it though I had to like uninstall it move it and it was like a winding set of stairs and so I was like <laughs> I don't know and I was like first of all I, okay the stair lift at the other auction sat there for a while and I, I was only bitter so I'm like I'm gonna get this for super cheap so in fact it doesn't sell whatever but the auctioneer so he's like who wants this for 50 bucks and then I was Whoa. like 50 and then somebody jumps it to a hundred. I was like, what? Like, who are you? What are you doing with the stair lift? You do not know what you're getting yourself into. And then, so I had to go to 150 because that's what the auctioneer like had it set at for the next. And then I, so that's what I ended yeah. up getting it for is at 150. Anyway, so I uninstall it and then it does, it just sits for a while. And this is before we ended up moving to Australia. So it was kind of a massive thing to sit in my garage. I'm like, I got to get this out of my garage. So I threw it on eBay and I had a buyer. I had somebody who's like, I want to buy this. My, you know, parents are getting older. And so they, they told me to bring it at the time. You could bring it to like the UPS store and they would box it up for you. It's like hundreds of pounds of metal and they'll yeah. take care of it for you. And they were going to pay the shipping. I just had to drop it off there once they bought it. So they paid, so I didn't have to do anything by paying extra shipping and they already had purchased the item. I simply had to drop it there and I did and it worked. So hmm. I don't know. Would you have dropped it there? Uh, I get a little sensitive when it comes to eBay stuff. So if it's Craigslist or Facebook on big items like that, that you have to palletize, that's a little different story. Like I've got a, a Wii boost. It's a 25 foot long pole. Okay. That's irregular shaped. 
you know, and what I did with it to avoid that was I just did free shipping. I know how much it's going to cost me to ship it. So I'm going to ship it out. And I just charged more shipping than what I would, would uh, normally do. Okay. But if it's on something that's palletized, like if I want to buy some big equipment, then that's going to be a different story. If it's going to be like on Craigslist or on eBay, they have the irre- irregular sizes that you yeah. can click. But no, I am not willing to go outside of eBay's parameters. Number one, because eBay gives you such a darn good deal on shipping and all that other kind of stuff. I don't want to go outside of it to begin with. Okay. But. Yeah, that's fair. I I mean, this is a long time ago. I don't know that eBay was as streamlined as it was now, mm-hmm. but I mean, I sold the thing, I want to say for like, you know, 1700 bucks. So it was like a big yeah. sale and big. it was an effort, but it was worth the effort for sure. And it, and I ended up, you know, like communicating with the person. They seemed legit. They ended up being legit. Here's, here's the bummer part of the whole thing is that I ended up moving to Australia and they contact me while I'm in Australia and they say, Hey, we bought this for our mom or our dad or whatever. And they ended up passing away before we could even install oh, it. And, I, no. and they weren't looking for a return. They're like, can you at least provide the pictures of what it looked like installed so that we can resell it? And I did not have those. And like, you know, like some of those old listings, those pictures don't get stored. And so I had like, those were well deleted and they got pretty mad. They're like, can you do, can you search harder? Can you do a better job looking for these things, these pictures? No way. Yeah. They like, they didn't, I said, I said, I looked everywhere. Like I really did look everywhere. I was, I felt bad for them and they were, mm-hmm. they were super upset. I was like, sorry, that's not, I mean, it's not really your job as a seller. You can do, you know, try to be nice, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so what would you have done if the shipping hadn't made it over there? Like would it, would you have had to eat that stuff? I mean, I didn't pay for the shipping, so I, I wasn't at least eating the shipping cost. So I would have, just, yeah, just lost the item, I suppose, right? Yeah. And really, crazy. when you use the post I, service, you're, you're at risk for losing the item anyway, every single time. <laughs> no, I feel, that's I, FedEx, not the postal service. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you serious? FedEx is the worst. At charging you more and ruining your stuff? Yeah. I've never bad. had them charge me more, and I've never had them lose anything ever. Mm, are you yeah, serious okay i've had post office yeah. i would say in the last year i've had two to three circumstances where the post office didn't scan it in and so the the receiver's like excited to get their item they're checking for it they're like it says that you dropped it off but it, then it says in transit but it says it's still in the denver area and it's been three days so they didn't scan it in that usually makes it there the other issue is they'll still actually just drop it off to the wrong address that's happened it happened like twice in a month this year. Oh, jeez! Yeah. I don't. I never have any problems with USPS. With FedEx, our FedEx has gotten so bad that they won't even just give you insurance on their packages anymore. Like that's not an automatic thing. Insurance on your packages at the counter when we go to drop them off at FedEx, it says right there, "Not guaranteed insured" or "Not guaranteed" or whatever the little disclaimer is yeah. on the top of the shelf. It's wild. It's Maybe that's your area or something. I don't know. But I don't know. Hopefully. Okay. Maybe. Oh. There's there's all kinds of people, though, that they say they'll have pictures of the weight of their package. They'll have the dimensions of their package. They send it to FedEx. The FedEx warehouse handling place gets it. Yeah. And then says that it's like two inches bigger or two pounds bigger. Right. Or two pounds more heavier. And then they get charged for like 30 or $40 extra on shipping. It's yeah. Like, if that happened to you one time, I would I would just not use them again. But 
It's not been doing so twice, but it's only been a couple bucks. Okay. Yeah, a couple bucks here and there. The post office does that too. Sometimes they'll like reimburse you. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> the post office does not do that. The post office does that when you don't put accurate, accurate measurements and weights on your packages, Carl. Yeah. Well, there's times. So I have one scale. There's times when like I'll sell something. I'm at home. My scales will work. I'm like, ah, this is about ten ounces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close exactly. enough. So I haven't had a problem. Okay. Anyway, all right. So uh, that's our list. Um, hopefully there was something terrible. in there. One thing, one thing that was interesting or helpful. I don't know. Um, is, yeah, there, there's going to be things that people haven't heard. There's going to be at least one thing that somebody hasn't heard that well, we I just helped something. them out. Yeah. Did you? Good. You, yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what All you right. got, man? Do you got, you got Tupperware update? Is that where we're at right now? There is a Tupperware update. So that's my question for you. Now, you, you said you've listened to a couple of the episodes that you haven't been on and we've included the Tupperware update. Last week, when the last episode, when I put in the Tupperware update, I got crickets from Jen. And I was like, my co host is not interested in the Tupperware update. She's like, <sighs> yeah, exactly. Maybe we should cut out the Tupperware update, right? So, how did you feel? I, I you your like wife, am not interested in what you're selling, even though actually I'm the one selling it and shipping it. Yeah. I'm not interested in, in a story about me. <laughs> <laughs> that, Maybe it's because she already knows what all this sells. It's not as dramatic. Right? Yeah, it's more dramatic if I don't know. I haven't actually asked you in a couple weeks. So what you got? All right. So so far we've hit uh we've hit seven hundred listings, seven hundred pieces of Tupperware, Carl. Can you believe that? Like that's how many are live or your total number of listings? That's how many are live right now. Or that's how many we've that's how many we've listed so far. We've sold some of that already. So we only right. have about four eighty-eight that are actually live right now. So you sold two hundred, like twelve. Yes, we have running wow. in that area. Okay, I know one ninety two sold one ninety two listed seven hundred, and so far to date, as of recording this podcast, we have made three thousand one hundred and sixty five dollars wow. on Tupperware. Okay, that is profit. Or that's that's net profit. It's not total profit for us. But that's net profit. Isn't that gross profit? No, that's net after fees and everything. But not after but, purchase price and travel time. Correct. Purchase price is $1900. So we're still looking at around uh we're still looking at around a, a thousand a little bit over $1000 profit right. so far on the Tupperware. That's amazing. What, but did you catch on to something about that as we bought that the way that it was listed to us was 500 pieces of Tupperware. We've listed 700 pieces, or more than 700 pieces of Tupperware, and we still have like 20 boxes. Oh my loaded. goodness. Okay. Can you believe that? That's and amazing, man. That's awesome. And we're averaging $16 of net profit per piece, per sell. Let's say that nothing sells from now to the end. And obviously, you know, you're going to sell some more stuff, mm -hmm. but let's say nothing sells. Uh, was it worth it? For Absolutely. Just... God, I love Tupperware and yeah. I love vintage Tupperware. It's All the right. best. So just, just, so, so now it's already been worth it. You're already in the black. So everything else is just, you know, the cherry on top basically, right? It's all gravy. And you know, we do this as a side hustle. It's Jen's side business. Okay. And obviously I have an, an eight to five that I work and this is a side business. So that's probably why running roaring run was kind of, 
Like, don't listen to these guys because they're not elevating their business. Yeah, it's, it's a side hustle, wanted, yeah. Right, it's a side hustle. But we are soliciting more Tupperware. So if any of our listeners out there have more Tupperware in the storage units, we would gladly, gladly look at it and take it off your hands if it's for the right price. So All hit right. me up at pickerspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at pickerspodcast. And if you're on our listening platform and you want to see what's going on, you can go on over to YouTube. We're at Pickers Podcast over there too. We throw up some shorts from time to time and what our sales are. And Carl, you have a I, I'm re relaunching or re reissuing that short that you did about M-rated video games again. Oh, I got to know. I found one. I found another one. I'll, I'll just make a new one for you. You found make a new one for me because I have that one scheduled to list while I'm on vacation okay. or it's scheduled to pop back out on vacation. But we do a lot of funny little shorts over there. Yeah. So just to clarify, so with Jen, so Jen, you know, you mentioned kind of sharing with her about the update is she, I think she was skeptical whether you should do this or not in the first place. So is she now kind of all in? She's like, all right, that was a good decision. She's all in. Yeah, all right, for awesome. sure. Awesome. That's she loves want. it. She loves it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, she loves, she loved becoming a Tupperware expert. She's loved listing it. Nice. The part that she doesn't like about it is there's a lot of stuff that she wants to keep. And I'm like, no, we're selling well, it. Well, at this we're point, not why not? Anymore. You can keep stuff. You already made your profit, right? Okay. We can keep one thing. If one thing <laughs> goes into the source pile or something like that, it's yeah. gotta be a one for one in and out. That's cool, man. One. I'm still rooting for you to continue to sell stuff and find new treasures in those 20 extra boxes. But, um, are you ready for scam trivia? Scam trivia sounds good. Hit me with that. What do you got? All right, they had three questions. Got to get two out of three to get this as a pass. So number one, in the movie Catch Me If You Can, what was mm -hmm. the commonly forged item? Commonly forged item was an airplane ticket. Airplane ticket. Because yeah, he, was he was pretending a... to be a pilot, and you're suggesting that yes. pilots usually have to get tickets to get on the plane yes he's got to forge his, <laughs> his ticket to get on the plane to fly the plane <laughs> you have to the pilots buy the tickets too is what you're saying the, the pilots don't have to buy plane tickets to fly the plane uh, that's have a special front seat. incorrect it's just a check he was he was forging <laughs> checks <laughs> is he was it, pretending would that to be, be a pilot but he was forging checks <laughs> Is that seat one one AA or what would oh, that be? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you got to learn okay. more about checks. Uh, makes sense. Plane flights. It sounds like. All right, number two. Who are the biggest victims to scams in terms of overall money loss? Not you know in terms of like number of people that are falling victims to scams, but overall money loss. Is it A Gen Zers, B Baby Boomers, C Gen Xers, or D World War One vets? Hmm. It'd have to be Gen Xers, the guys that are turning 49 to 50 this okay. year coming up. Yeah. Tend to get scammed the most. Interesting. No, I would have to go. I'd go with boomers for sure. All right. So boomers are the ones that are by sheer numbers. They get scammed the most frequently. But in terms of overall money loss, it is Gen Zers. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. My latest poll by some, I don't know, fraud website, government fraud website that I found. Yep. They're the ones mm. they're, they're getting, they're falling victim and they are falling victim big time. When they lose money, they lose a lot of money. Oh, geez. Yep. You think it's just cause they're young and inexperienced. They fall for chain letters and things like that. 
Yeah. Are they that young at this point? They're like mid to late twenties. Is that where they are? Are they? I don't know. I feel like yeah, I was most likely when I was in college, when people were trying to get me to sign up for credit cards all the time, get a free shirt, mm. sign up for a credit card. But right. anyway, yeah, they are either younger for sure. But yeah, that makes me think I got to do a better job with my, my own kids and how to avoid scams. So yes, educate them. Yeah. Well, there, I mean, there's times like, cause my daughter's in high school where suddenly I'm getting emails from somebody that I never signed up for. I'm like, how do they have my email? And like, she's just giving it to them. And it's usually fine. <laughs> it's not usually anything. It's like something for school, but it's just weird just right. to like have somebody that, you know, just giving out your email without permission. Right. That's so you've already failed my friend, but we'll go through third question. What is check washing? Check washing. It's when you spill coffee on one of your checks that you got and you've got to Run it through the washing machine real quick to get the coffee stain mm. out of it so you can cash it, right? Not too far off, actually. It is literally, like, old school way of doing it was literally to wash a check, but to wash off the amount on the check and then who mm. the check is the intended receiver. This is an issue for the uh, the baby boomers who are still writing checks. And there's times when, like, I'm still writing checks, but, it, you know, I'm writing, like, what, like, five checks a year. Like, not very often, right? No. Not a lot of I mean, I, what are checks? What are even checks? Like, yes. What are they? Promissory notes. No, I, what is that? IOU? Can I, yeah, can I give you an IOU? I mean, kind of, yeah, because you don't really know if the person has money in their bank account, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I actually knew that one. Kind of okay. crazy. Well, the new way of check washing is they don't, they don't actually physically wash it. Now they have all these digital programs. You can just take a picture of the check, erase the stuff, and then rewrite the stuff and then boom. Oh. And the way they're getting the checks is typically typically by rating mail. And so this is why it's for the baby boomers is baby boomers that are sending checks in the mail. Like we just got a check for Christmas from grandpa. That was nice of him. Mm. But had that been intercepted, that could have been, you know, a, a large withdrawal from his account. So, yeah. So yeah. we need to we need to educate our boomer parents that there's this thing called uh, Apple Pay or Venmo or PayPal that's much more secure, right? Yeah, Let's I think people are getting on to yeah some of those other ones for sure. But yeah, and we need to educate Mike on scams because even though he sounded like an authority this episode, he did go over three <laughs> in trivia. <laughs> they were kind of obscure, to be honest with you, and I so, I'm horrible at trivia. Okay, so I have one for you. And when I was researching the trivia. Before you decide to do it, I came up with one that is actually in my hometown. Okay. In Eureka, California. So it's there was a rare meteor fragment that was listed on eBay. It was said to be found in Eureka, California in 2000, in the year 2000. And it was listed on eBay. The bidding started at $1.25 million. Wow. Do you know what it turned out to be? No. Just a normal piece of uh, concrete that somebody was trying to sell as a meteorite <laughs> <laughs> from my own town, man. Yeah. I was so blown away when I found that. That's Hopefully crazy. not somebody that goes to your church, but. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah. I do not know who this person is okay. at all. That's what it is. Well, fellow pickers, go find your own treasures one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling if you're falling for the online scams. Don't do it.